It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. All right, we're up against the break, but before we get there, let's go to the phones. Uh, let's not. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, we are back. We are your favorite uh, sort of uh, insightful sports podcast where we ruminate, we wax, uh, and we do it weekly. So if you haven't been getting our shows, just go back and refresh your feed in iTunes. They should all be there. So um, I am Matt Daring, Mr. Matt Daring. Uh, with me, as always, is Dr. Trevor Strunk. How are hey, you? Hey, how's it going? Hey. I'm, I'm um, all right. I don't know if you were actually asking. I, I kind of broke up our, our banter there, but I'm doing good. How, how, are, how are you, Matt? Uh, uh, doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Um, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> it's been it's been the, we've seen the draft come and go. We, we didn't really have a lot to say about it. Uh, it was a pretty straightforward draft. I thought it would kind of be a little paint by the paint by the numbers. And, you know, they came out of it with guys who everyone gushes about and whatever. They got a hurt guy. I don't know. It's it was been really fine. the most it was the most um, I think it was the most. Uh, mock draft friendly draft i've seen from a team ever i mean maybe ever strong but like you know you go into it and every every mock draft is like well the eagles need we 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 hear scuttlebutt they might take like a defensive end and they need cornerbacks and wide receivers and they need one at least one running back and they drafted cornerbacks wide receivers and at least one running back it's like all right <laughs> that's yeah i uh saw Derek barnett coming it's just you know it's fine it's just not surprising yeah, and it wasn't even really. Well, I guess apart from Trubisky, there wasn't a lot of controversy. Really no. about it. Any of the picks, I think that. I mean, Trubisky. Then there was like what Joe Mixon. I mean, that was pretty much it. Mahomes. I mean, that was a little. Yeah, a little strange, I guess. but not really. Everyone was sort of like, yeah, Alex Smith isn't very good. That makes sense. Yeah, we'll take Patrick Mahomes, the son of a Yankees reliever who throws like a Yankees reliever. <laughs> take you a know. Texas Tech quarterback. What? What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, he can't throw a straight line, just like his dad. Um, well, you know what? If you can, if you could draft the next Graham Harrell, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can draft the next pitching machine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, uh, we sort of missed out on that. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that at all. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think like the the only thing I'll touch on is it it spoke to kind of a a consistent theme in the show, which is that people get really upset over things they have no idea about, which is, like, you know, people getting upset about... Um, I was listening to the radio when they picked um, uh, Barnett over whatever the other guy... I can't even remember anymore. Um, but the, the the Bama player who dropped... Um, oh, Jonathan Allen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, you know, the people were like, oh, they gotta take Jonathan Allen. If they take Barnett, I'm gonna freak out. And they took Barnett, and they all were like, oh, this is terrible. Such a Howie pick. This is awful. And, you know, like three weeks later or however long later 
were just like, oh, Derek Barnett looks pretty good. Like, let's, yeah, seems good to me. All right, well, let's go with it. And, you know, people, like, lose their mind over this stuff in the moment, and then it just comes to nothing. Yeah, actually, I think the Jonathan Allen thing is worth talking about a little bit. I mean, uh, he was a, you know, a very well thought of player, at least from, you know, kind of the outsiders. Although it seemed like the people who really studied him were like, yeah, you know, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. I'm sure he made a lot of plays. Look, I'm not like a, I'm not a math guy, but the, you know, the idea, <laughs> the idea that, um, that he was like some can't miss guy. I mean, that was at least an idea that was out there. So then when he dropped, I mean, I don't know, maybe the tape wasn't that good or maybe it was something else, but it was sort of like kind of a textbook thing that we always talk about, which is that, um, <clears throat> there's gotta be something we don't know. Right. Yeah, and, like right. there's there's such this huge information imbalance that like when you see something like this and then and then you have teams like Washington, Minnesota loves to do stuff like this where they pounce on the guy and people are like that's wow incredible. Then uh, how often does that work out? It's like fifty fifty, you know. Oh, I got a top five talent. I mean, Miles Jack. You got um the old, old what's his name down in drop foot cowboy guy. Oh, um, uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, J- uh, Jalen uh, no Jalen Smith no. Yeah, Jalen Smith. That's right. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Ramsey's anyway. the good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, you got you got all these guys just like, wow. But you're thinking like, man, we don't know anything. We yeah. know, oh, this guy's hurt, and then like, oh, he's but that hurts like not that bad. But like, also maybe it is that bad. And like, also there was a gun charge. But like, yeah, the gun charge is not a big deal. But like, hang on. Maybe so first of all, why isn't it a big deal? You know, sometimes they say like, oh, it was like, you know. Like Wendell Smallwood got picked up for witness intimidation. Right, which yeah. Sounded, sounded to me like it was him and 30 other black kids who lived in his neighborhood got scooped up. And they all got know, charged with something, right. And, and when he was 17, and that's like, that's nothing. A gun charge last year, that's not nothing. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Either way, you know, you just see this stuff and you just think like, oh, okay. But meanwhile, at least in the moment, there were a lot of people who were like, man, Washington, oh, you know. And yeah, I don't I mean, know. It's like, you, you, it's so weird to me that like, in that moment, you're just like, ugh, you know, that's going to come back to bite us. And then literally, you don't have anyone in the media or anywhere talking about um, Allen. Like, I forgot his name. Like, it's not like anyone's like, did you see Jonathan Allen's cool, like, big move at uh, at practice? Or like, oh, we're just interested in our guys. And like, in fact, like, Barnett has become like, you know, everyone's talking about it. I would not be surprised if a large portion of the fan base who hated him now after hearing, you know, Schwartz talk about him, we're just like, yep, this guy's legit. You know what? He's going to be, he's going to be the next Reggie. And like, I don't yeah. know, like, it's just, it's just such a ping pongy kind of reactive thing. Yeah. I, um, it was funny when you said something about it being like a Howie pick. I think that they, um, excuse me, they sort of had this reputation, I guess, for outsmarting themselves. Yeah. Even though I think that that, <clears throat> I think that reputation is generally, um, true for most kind of people in power that yeah. like well there's a lot yeah. of teams in the nfl that, that do that just because like i think i don't know like if you if you want to point to the mlb you can point to prospects or undervaluing you know whatever uh, we talked about this but like you could if you want to talk, talk about the nba you could talk about tanking um i don't know about hockey but like the but even just in the world, I mean, you always see these things where you're like, oh, it seems so simple. I and mean, you just make a right. fee, you're like whatever. Like, don't make a fee or <laughs> I, I can run your business or like whatever. And, and it's funny because I was listening to uh, BLG's radio hit with, with Cataldi and Cataldi was like wondering if um, Blunt would help Doug Peterson be smart enough to run the ball up the middle in third and short. It's like Blunt's not going to be the person who's going <laughs> to. Come on. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. But I'm just thinking like Cataldi's over here and he's yeah. like talking about He's talking about Doug Peterson like he's too stupid to be too smart to be too stupid. I don't know. Right. I'm just thinking, like, uh, what is anybody talking about? Anyway, what am well, I talking well, about? Well, no, but like, uh, no, I hear what you're saying. And it's like, I don't know, like you get this, you get this sort of like, I don't know. Th- what I was getting at with the other stuff is like the NFL is like this su- such a, um, such a regulated and careful uh, kind of. I don't know, monolith. There's not much you can do that's like creative. You can be the Browns and just like constantly trade down and like, you know, make a ton of picks out of one pick or whatever. Uh, but that's not new. That's just something that that's a calculated risk. Every single thing anyone does in, in the league is like a calculated risk that ultimately, if it works, makes you look really smart. And if it doesn't, makes it look like you're outsmarting yourself. So you either you can look really smart, you can outsmart yourself, or you can just play it totally traditional. 
Uh, and I mean, it just seems like those are your three options in the NFL. There's no kind of like weird loophole that you can use at this point to get a good team together. It's like, you just kind of have to go one of those three yeah. routes. I almost wonder how it would be if the status quo are the other way around. Right. Like, cause I think that the sort of quintessential at starting yourself is when you pass mm-hmm. like yeah. in general, you know, passing is higher risk, higher reward. Um, if it, the play is not, is not like successful, it's zero yards. If it is successful, it's like several yards. I mean, it, you know, generally speaking versus like, I wonder if most people ran, how people would be like, oh, don't you throw the ball? You got this guy throws the ball. You got this guy catch the ball. <laughs> like, you know, you got all this stuff. In, but and that's because that's all we ever hear about, right? Is like, run the, the ball. ball, you know, and people are like, look at Dallas. They ran the ball, you know, most of the time, which is incredible. And like, who else could have the vision to do something that simple? Like... But I wonder, you know, if the roles are reversed, and you look at a guy gets up there, calls a run. Okay, it's it's uh, first and ten. Call a run. It's uh, second and seven. Call a run. Okay, it's third and four. Okay, call a run. Okay, it's uh, fourth and one. Okay, you punt. Yeah, right. And exactly. I just wonder if they just be like, oh, he outsmarted himself. Throw the ball. You got this kid. <laughs> Throws the ball. You know, I just wonder, like, that's not, I mean, and all the reasons to throw the ball are all the exact same reasons why you're talking about running the ball. I'm like, why are you doing it? Everyone knows you're going to run. Everyone right. knows it. They're all set up to stop it. Why don't you throw the ball? You know, like, blah. Like, this whole idea that, like, you know, whatever they're doing, they should be doing the opposite. Eh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, I guess part of the appeal of running the ball is that you always think you're going to pick up something, right? You can always claim that you've done something positive there. Like, even if it's yeah. like zero. You hear this all the time, right? Like, where, like, mm-hmm. it, the this happened when the Eagles played the Cowboys uh, initially, I think the first game of last year where they held Zeke in terms of rushing to like pretty low number. And then like he got, he caught one pass that elevated his stats, but it was a pretty like pedestrian game for him. Um, And, but you heard from the announcers every time they would stop him with no gain, they'd be like, Zeke's just softening up that line. He's softening up the line. He's softening up the line. Like eventually it's going to pay off. He's softening up the line. And you hear that when people run the ball, but like when they pass, it's like you don't hear like oh they're softening up the the secondary, or yeah. like you know they're they're you know airing it out to test what well, you know whatever, and that'll eventually you know, work I, out. I always wonder. They always say that you know you run to set up the pass and run you get the safeties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wondered if like a lot of the Andy Reid guys that we've seen over the years, I wonder if it was easier for them to run because you know they set up safety. the pass. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. The the, the pass is set of the run. In other words, like. Yeah. I wonder. How, I wonder how good Shady would have been if it had been like a you know fifty fifty split. By the way, before we before we get too mired down, nobody is fifty fifty. Even the Cowboys last year, they ended the they ended the season with more passes than runs because of that last game uh, mm. against the Eagles. Um, everybody is. Everybody favors pass. Yeah, uh, and and of course degree. you favor pass because you can either pick up three yards on the ground and maybe sometimes break off a, but like, you know, 2% or of the time. Five like, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Or you can pass and I don't know, 30% of the time, pick up 15 yards. It's also, like, I, can't, I can't imagine watching worse football than watching somebody who gets the ball, oh. they run three times and they punt. Can you even imagine? And like, what are we supposed to do the next day? We're going to call in and be like, yeah, it was great. Cause they, uh, they bled the clock. <laughs> it was, it was the best game I've ever seen. I love watching yeah. the six, three bloodbath. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's like it's like um it's like those old oh my least favorite games ever and like people just make, you know, they they treat these games as legendary. The the old Baltimore uh Pittsburgh games when both of them are good. Mm. And I guess both of them are still good, but like, you know, when they were both like like Super Bowl contenders every year, right? Um the they would play those games where the, inevitably they'd meet in the playoffs. So there'd be three Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore games every year, and they'd always be like the slugfest, head all slugfest, like heavyweight battles. They were so bad. Ray Lewis in the yeah. Uh, I got, I'm kind of with you. I I always sort of roll my eyes at that. I think it's always like, and and no offense to you, but like the guys who couldn't do math who thought they yeah. were good at English, you know? Yeah, like, no, for like sure. The, like those guys, it's like, oh well, they can't play offense, so they're good at defense. Like, no, it's just the other team. They know they only need to score thirteen points to win, so that's all they're really shooting for. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, you just, you just like, what are you, what are you watching for at that point? Like, are you watching to watch like Ray Lewis stuff the run again so they could punt and like, you know, the first person to get a touchdown really has an edge? Like, 
if you want to watch that way, watch hockey or watch, you know, watch mm. baseball. Like if you want to watch low, yes, watch soccer, watch actual mm. games that are meant to be low scoring football. And like, this is definitely a contrary, like a controversial opinion, but when I imagine you agree with like football is just much more aesthetically pleasing when it is like played to be high scoring. Yeah, because these plays are drawn up to work, and the other plays are drawn up to stop it. Yeah. So, you know, if the plays just don't work, then it's just sort of, okay, all right, that's good. You know, it's not exactly like watching NASCAR for the crashes, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Well, and it's also more tense. Like, it's, it's you know, it, I, there's a tension if you're playing, like, a 0-0 game going into the half, I'm sure. But, like, it's a very boring tension. Yeah. The tension of, you know, oh, geez, it's 14-17, it's not that much different. But there's something to it. Like, you've watched all these plays succeed on both ends, and you're like, what's going to happen next? This is, like, this is torture. I mean, that's interesting. That's fun. I just, like, I can't get I can't get behind the good defensive game. No. Um, all right. Anyway, enough about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, so OTAs. OTAs have been in the news. Oh, I was watching the news. Um, you, this, you hear about OTA. this? OTAs? OTAs, you hear about this? <laughs> these guys. Um, so, I guess it was last week, and then it was again this week, the... Um, the uh, um, Eagles had OTAs, which mm-hmm. are these uh, purely optional sorts of things. Uh, a couple things sort of came out of that. Um, one was the fantastic Marcus Hayes article about how Marcus Hayes felt that Doug Peterson was mad. Um, that, <laughs> that was such a uh, good article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and, and, stupid. Um, it was, that was pretty stupid. It was the um, worst article. I mean, it, it was basically, if I were Doug Peterson, I'd be mad, but not that way, I guess. Yeah, I just, I really, I really love the, uh, I just, I love, I love the idea of then saying it was just my opinion, and then you look back at the article and it's like, framed in a way that it could certainly not be his opinion. It would be like, yeah. if, I, if I published an article that said, like, definitely uh Matt Daring is a communist and uh is is actively working to destabilize the US government and then you were like hey man that's not really nice of you to say like i you know i'm not doing that and now people you know are asking me all sorts of questions and i was like well if you if you read the article like you'll see that that was just my opinion i don't i don't write the headlines yeah right i don't write the headlines yeah. i also don't write the article and any <laughs> any tone in there should be should be understood yeah. as completely incidental yeah i had somebody on fiverr do it um <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, OTAs are here. Uh, some stuff happened. Some stuff's happening. DGB fell down. If you haven't seen that yet, go to John's. Oh, feed. I didn't see that. Oh, oh, really? Oh, it's great. He, uh, I don't know. Uh, man gets hit by football. I mean, it's really. But I mean, yeah, I the football just not good. Man bites dog. I mean, it was really bad. Like uh, they had him sort of doing this this drill where they run out, they run around a flag, and then they you know come back around and catch the ball i don't know what it's called i didn't play football i was a kid anyway um but the, you know they they had him doing this drill and he runs out he runs around the flag falls over gets up <laughs> runs mm. around the other flag reaches up for the ball falls over again oh. and he goes oh man <laughs> so good man at the end of the end of this year is going to have me feeling bad for dgb which is like not what i want to feel oh yeah and, i know right you know um now he's man that, yeah, that's like you know. It's funny. It's funny. I feel this way with the Phillies too. But I mm-hmm. like. I see so much of myself in the bad players. Yeah, sure. Maybe I should bring this up with my therapist. No, no. Yeah, probably, you know, probably like not I, important. Like I watch I watch uh, Odubel, and I'm just like, oh yeah, man, I've been there. Can't focus. And Things are getting out of control. Right yeah, yeah. You just don't know. You just can't. I mean, I'm sorry, buddy. I know what you're going through. Maybe you should try switching up your meds. It really helped me. But like. <laughs> Like, I just watch all this happening, and I'm just watching, like, here's this, like, fabulously unsuccessful guy who's, like, disappointing everyone around him, and, like, people are mad at him for seeming too casual about it, and I'm like, here's me, you know, that's, like, pretty much me, that's, I mean, would you say exactly. that? Would you say that, like, as your, or as a graduate student, as your advisor is to you, so is Pete McCannon to uh, Odubel Herrera? Yeah, my advisor's yeah. telling the media, if he's a problem, Matt should come talk to me. <laughs> But, but like I don't know, man. I'm just watching him. I'm just like people are like, "You seemed so good last year. What happened?" And I'm just like, "Man, I don't know." But I do know. Uh, it's because I'm a screw up. Anyway, yeah, no. You know, like I'm just watching all this stuff. And I'm just like, "Man, that's tough." Odub will call that's... us. It's okay, dude. I really think that you know my armchair di- armchair diagnosis is that maybe he has like some sort of attention thing that's that's like really snowballing. It's a Shane thing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's afraid of taking uh, pills if he gets popped. Although I think they're allowed to. You're maybe... allowed to do Adderall if it's uh, if it's prescribed to you now. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe he doesn't like it. I didn't I didn't like Adderall. Yeah, we're getting we're getting anyway. Yeah, here. this welcome welcome yeah. to welcome to don't go to the meds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> welcome to meds. I'm on to you by. I'm on Focalin now. It's a lot better. Anyway, um, you know who else uses yes. Focalin? Folks at the mail, folks at the post office, Matt. <laughs> I tell you what, if you need your folk in a hurry, stamps.com. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, but I, OTAs, yeah, OTAs did start. And Well, like, before we get into it, oh, yeah. I just want to talk about Blue Apron. How about this? Focal encrusted salmon with a ginger glaze. Ooh. Have you ever heard? Anyway, okay. So, <laughs> I, um, like I can make that at home using my own skills as a home cook. <laughs> It comes in this cool box. Okay, so the um, OTAs are here, and I think the biggest story, bar none, was that uh, Fletcher Cox didn't come. Right. And uh, let's preface this by saying OTAs are are glorified workouts. It's not like, there's not install. It's not like a lot of anything. Like, there's really nothing of substance going on all that much. It's uh, it's just sort of practice, gym, you know, meetings. I guess this is the, really the first time they're allowed to like talk to the players. I mean, don't so, don't tell know. that to Matt Collins, but yeah, exactly. Um, right. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there's a little there's a little who there's a little <laughs> bit of all that of all that going on. But um, uh, you know, by and large, it's sort of just you know, Jim, do a little bit of stuff like ramping things up. Let's yeah, call it. I mean, sure. it's a uh, it's a, it's ca- it's the casual Friday of football practice, and, and so <laughs> you know it's non mostly non contact stuff. These guys they're just sort of out there, you know. Guys are figuring out who they are. So Fletcher Cox he didn't come. He had something else going on. He said he had a, a pre planned trip that he'd cleared with the coaches, and I think that's all fine. But a lot of people did not. Um, a lot of people were extremely mad and felt that this was an extremely important thing to do. And so I think that. Um, you know, one of one of the things that that I kind of thought we wanted to talk about was like, why did people expect that Fletcher Cox would show up? Right. Yeah, and I mean, there's like, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of conflation of situations because like the the thing that struck me about OTAs, um, and it's of course not as big a story, uh, but is it's that uh, Marcus Smith is also uh, skipping them, and so yeah. Marcus Smith as has kind of been noted by a number of people, there's like two things going on with Marcus Smith. Maybe he's trying to push a trade, like he's trying to just put himself totally on the out. So they cut him or trade him for nothing. Um, probably cut him and he gets a fresh start with the new team, uh, before training camp starts. And the other thing is that the Eagles, if they cut him before, I guess like the second or third day of training camp, save like 1.5 million against the cap. Um, and he's just like not a contributor. He was okay last year, but he's not really worth keeping around. He's, you know, you could probably just replicate his production very easily. Uh, but what strikes me? Yeah, about actually, that, uh, Les Bowen tweeted today that he's changed his phone number. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a pretty definitive sort of. That's telling. Yeah, and I guess that's that's fine. Yeah, that's um, his. So, like, I mean, for both of these guys, right? That's their call. As you said, it's totally volunteer. It's like it's it's optional. It's whatever you want, right? But for Marcus Smith, there's this. You you can interpret so many motives, right? And and of course, there has to be because someone who is someone who's on like the fringiest fringe of a, of a football team not going to OTAs is like, I mean, it would be like, you know, I have a, uh, you know, I have a job interview on Friday and it would be like me being like, okay, I'll be there. And then just being like, no, you know what? I, I decided I don't want this job. Like, I don't, is it okay if we do it by text? Is it okay if like, I just don't do this interview? Like, I don't know if that'll hurt me. Uh, yeah. Let me if know I if I made do it, it right? Yeah. Um, I mean, there has to be a reason for it. There has to be a reason he's doing it. And I think, like, we still want to impart that kind of motive to Cox. But, I mean, ultimately, the guy is there on a huge contract. He's a he's the backbone of the defense, uh, at least the defensive line. And he just didn't want to be there. And so, But that's, like, that's, I think, on a certain level, that's really frustrating to fans who, I don't know, put themselves in the player's shoes. Yeah, and I think that um, I mean I don't want to get too far into the whole oh it's a game I'd play it I play it for free like, all that stuff I totally understand I totally understand why both guys didn't do it um, I actually think I understand it more why Marcus Smith didn't do it because there's no way he's on this team so if you're telling me hey come on in toss on a suit you're gonna spend a couple hundred bucks to get down here and then um, maybe you get hurt 
and that's like what's the upside is that he doesn't get hurt and he's not hurt now so <laughs> right so that's that's pretty much it i and i totally understand why marcus smith didn't do it because he knows dude that yeah. dude knows in fact that dude wants to force the issue i mean there's nothing you and i you get can really that say to me. i think yeah. like i think in turn it's, it's not a dumb thing to force you look at you look at it and you say like look i i of course he probably does and and why wouldn't he as a competitor these these are all like much more um, type A personalities than we are, I would assume. Uh, but it just because they have to be sort of like sociopathically type A to get to where they are, they have to be driven. And- no, I'm I'm more competitive than them. Everyone says so. <laughs> I'm also more competitive than them. I don't know why. I said no, that. I'm I'm I actually I'm actually I'm the most competitive. Um, let's- I don't know. <laughs> okay, just vote on uh, on podsurvey <laughs> No, but speaking of winning, Casper mattress, <laughs> internet's number one mattress, Matt. Um, but the uh, yeah, like it's it's just I'm sure he's super competitive, and I'm sure in the back of his mind he's like, yeah, look, I'm with with you know Chris Long here and Derek Barnett here. Like the line itself, even if he doesn't play the same positions as them, like the line itself is just getting crowded, and it's like, look, on a certain level he doesn't fit into their plans and he's thinking there's no way I can play my way into these people's minds. Cause they just have given up on me. I'd rather do it somewhere else where I know I can like prove them wrong or I can do like a good enough job to get a decent contract or decent playing time. And yeah. I, it's not dumb to be like, okay, yeah. So I'm going to poison my relationship with this team. So they cut me and I just get a chance to, to make it on my yeah, own. I, I almost think that he'll be traded. I think that that's probably where this ends. You think so? That- yeah, I think I'll probably just end up reclamation project for reclamation seventh project. round, seventh round conditional or something. Yeah, I mean, it could be that, or it could be like, hey, we got this like this idiot. Why don't you trade him for like, we need like, uh, let me let's take a look at this like, uh, you know, UDFA that you guys were getting tired and tired of, but we want to take a look. Oh, okay, at. yeah, like, that happens. You know, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Like, let's take. Oh, you guys got like this guy who like might have been something, but he got hurt, or like you got this guy like everyone hates. Like, yeah, let's just we'll just take a look at him. I mean, <laughs> I everyone think, hates. <laughs> well, yeah, like you know, we're all sick of him. Like, yeah, uh, right, sure. You, you, for one reason or another. Um, so you're I telling keep, me they're uh, going to trade for Tony Romo? Is that what's going? <laughs> <laughs> that's well, topical humor I, right there well all right like i i think that like a guy like amir abdullah would fall into that you know yeah, like a guy sure. like but like the, the i'm sure the coaches are sick of him because he's not been healthy yet but anyway the um you know i think that i think that that's probably where this ends up because you know, he's a talented player and you know enough maybe he hasn't put it all together and he probably never will at this point but um anyway um but i mean but, you make a good point in that like that's the kind of thing we expect to see in training camp, right? Like these sort of like fringe players doing things to end up in places where they might have a better shot of being like a good fringe player. You know? Yeah. Like that's like, that's, that's why the Marcus Smith story is less of a story. Cause it's just like, well, look like that's what happens is this time of year he's trying to push. Well, and let's be team. honest. I mean, it's and also no less cares. of a story because he's a punchline, right? Yeah, right. Like no one cares about Marcus Smith. Yeah, he will continue to be a punchline. Another in a long line of Danny Watkins and Jaquan Jarrett and um, oh, Jaquan Jarrett, Mike Mamula before him, and you know uh, Nelson Aguilar probably, and you know all this stuff. So haven't you um, read about his year three bump, man? Hey, I don't know the guys BLG and John. They say that that he actually legitimately looks good and that he has never looked good before. Um, I don't buy so, it. Yeah, you don't have to buy it. I I, but, I trust John and BLG, but I just, yeah. Just I mean I don't know who knows. This is his year, Zach Ertz, baby. Um, oh no, I hope I hope I hope it's not Zach Ertz's year. I hope this is the one year we decide it's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um. Sorry. It is. Go on. Year. Every every year is this year. The um, the so the thing about Cox, I think, um, and I and I guess you don't agree. That's fine, but uh, I think he should have gone. I don't think that I'm not tearing my hair out about it. I'm not sad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I, I really think uh, I think he should have gone. I think that he should have gone in the exact same way that, like, uh, you know, the I should have gone, you know, into the office today. I didn't have to, but like, I'm the senior grad student, and I should have gone in. You know, people sort of. People sort of expect to see me there. I think if you ask the people in the lab, like, hey, like, were you really mad that Matt didn't show up? They'd be like, uh, no, I, he's busy and whatever. And I think that, like, I mean, I got work done at home. So my Internet went out for an hour. You know, I got I got I got my stuff done. Like nobody was really hurt by this. But still, you know, get the sort of sense. Yeah, you should go in. Like, 
It's just the sort of thing. Like, and I think that Cox is sort of the same way. He's like kind of the guy. I think that, um, uh, I mean, that's at least what we're told, right? Is that people like look to him and whatever. And maybe guys in his position group don't care. They're just trying to learn the playbook or uh, win playing time. And hell, maybe they're even excited because they get a little bit more practice time with mm-hmm. the ones. But um, I still sort of think that when you look at it, it's just it's just not the right look. It's sort of the thing that guy wants to show up and say, oh, I got $100 million, so I will be here. You know? Yeah, I think I think on some level, like that's a maturing process too, though. Like, and I don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to. Um, I mean, he is twenty five or whatever. Yeah, I that's. Think. I mean, I guess I should infantilize him because that means he's a child. Um, yeah. <laughs> compared to me, who's thirty two. Mm. Yeah, Matt, are we the same age, or are you younger than me? I can't remember. No, I'm I'm twenty nine. Oh, okay, you're younger than me. Um, yeah. that makes you younger than me. See, I can do math. Uh. <laughs> You didn't think I could, <laughs> but no, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's a maturing process too. And not just because of his age or, or who he is or whatever, but literally like maturing within the position he's in. Cause like, you know, you think back to last year, even though he got the contract, you can even look to someone like, okay, Connor Barwin might still be the elder statesman of that locker room. Or, um, was, De, was D'Amico even there at all last year? No. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so not D'Amico, but, you know, even like uh, Jason Peters or whatever on the other side of the ball, you have these guys that like clearly. Well, I think that like Jenkins and, uh, you know, sure. people like that. And yeah. I think a lot of people even look up to BG because he's he's still relatively young, but he's been in the league a long time because he came in young. Yeah. And I so think. like there's all these guys ahead of him and, and sort of like the or or alongside him. Right. And he gets the contract. And of course, like that's a big deal. Um and then this year is like his first year where like that contract is coming with him to all the new people coming in. Like everyone is sort of like looking to him as like a hundred million dollar man. And I think one reaction to that would be like, okay, I'm, I'm big enough that I can miss this. Like, it's okay. I I've established myself enough that I can like take some time off. Yeah. And I think like on some level, maybe he'll respond to that by thinking like I can do this in the future too, which is fine. Um, it's totally his choice. The other way he might respond to it is by saying, like, wow, you know, like, I missed a chance to really kind of, like, impress impress upon these new people, like, my position in the locker room and be a leader. Maybe I want to do that instead. Like, I've definitely felt yeah. both of those ways. Yeah, and I think that that totally makes sense to me. Probably, I mean, it's very likely he showed up and he was like, whew, I should have been here. Yeah, right. You know, or, like, even, or even more like, oh, I'm sad I missed all this, or... You know, whatever, like something like that, that that would result in him ultimately doing it. I th- I sort of think that, like, well, I mean, nobody's nobody's really, like, I don't know. It, this is one of those things where I just think, like, all right, people, it's not that big a deal. Right, the fans like, are the ones who are most upset. Like, it's not like well, we're and from... you know what? It, though it's both sides, and I guess there's sort of like a you swing, I swing back. Uh, you know, Newton's uh, sports law. That's good. The, uh, that means yeah, it's a good that, podcast. Right. But this this idea that like, oh, he should have been there. Uh, and since he wasn't, he's just a totally worthless piece of crap. Another bad contract by Howie. And I think the other thing was like, uh, buddy, have you read the Constitution? Because I because I saw a lot of that, too. Or I just have to roll my eyes at both. Right. Where it's just like, all right. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, nobody's going to show up and force him to be at work about gunpoint. <laughs> you but, can't like, impress Fletcher Cox to be in the army yeah, of the Eagles. That's the that's the that's the Fourth Amendment, or whatever, well, and, amendment. And, you know, it's just it's one of those things where it's like you want to be careful. Nobody's going to quarter any soldiers in Fletcher Cox's home. <laughs> no, no Navy will impress Fletcher Cox. <laughs> yeah. He won't be impressed into the Navy college football team. Uh, <laughs> they'd be pretty good if they did. Uh, but, you know, I think it's like it's it's one of those things where I think you 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 want you have to. You have to balance it in some way between, yeah, on one level, you want to respect all of the things that, you know, the few things that the NFL players get, because their union's not very good. The the contracts, like, the, the various sort of, like, union league contracts have been, um, to be generous, like, mediocre. Uh, and you look at this and you say, like, okay, they're still OTAs, right? Like, they're interested in their health. These are low-impact processes uh, pro- practices and veterans can skip. And like, that's good. Like for a lot of reasons, it's a really good rule to have. And I don't think anyone would argue with that. Um, but on the other hand, you know, you also are getting into that really weird kind of squishy element of football where it's like, how much does the locker room count? How much does leadership count? And 
you know, you can say that you can maintain that the rule is good while also saying like, yeah, but like people should decide on a case by case basis based on like, you know, who they are in the locker room and what they can provide. And maybe Fletcher Cox is someone that needs to be there to provide that. You know, it's interesting you say that about the union. I was listening to some interview. It was years ago at this point. Um, but um, it was it's either an exec, I guess it's probably a former exec because an exec would never say something this direct. But, you know, they were saying that they they thought that one of the reasons that you've seen this huge uptick in um, uh, uh, rookie playing mm-hmm. was that um, the latest CBA, the veterans sort of got out of a lot of work mm. that they that they kind of you know they put a lot of the uh they have all these rules now that say like when they can and can't show up and like or you know when they have to be there when they don't and that they sort of seem like maybe they'd hamstrung themselves a little bit now look i don't i don't know if this is true or not i mean i think that the seeing more rookies play is something we've we've definitely seen and, and it's very possible that like you look at a rookie and you look at a vet and you think what can this vet really do for me that this rookie can't and, you know, especially if the vet is a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he comes in, he's he's never played in your system before, and you got this other kid, fraction of the cost, maybe he can be a little bit more than this guy. You know what this guy is. This guy is nothing for you. Yeah. So suddenly he's not playing. He's not even, maybe he's not even on the team, you know. Uh, like a, what, after like seven years, I think, or five, I forget exactly how much it is, but minimum wage goes up to from like 550 to like 900. I mean, that's not nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, you're talking about, you're talking about like a little bit of money and you're talking about like, you know, what the hell exactly is the point of this like crusty vet if he has only, you know, practiced half day for three days and this rookie's, you know, also only practiced a half day for three days. So, yeah. Well, um, and I mean, it's, it, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say it's, it's, it's tough because, like, again, you sort of look at, well, is that is it that or is it that rookies have become, you know, all the more athletic? Like, you see that in other sports as well. Like, you see rookies, yeah. you know, cropping up all of a sudden after a year in the minors in baseball, which never used to happen. And it's like, oh, now they're like they're just super good and they came up in a year. Like, that's weird. Um, you know, there's like there's a lot of there's there's a lot of arguments that like kids are just stronger now than they used to be. Like everyone is. Um, right. but yeah, again, including like, me. I think, I, I think like ultimately it comes down to, you have to think about locker room work and that means you have to have faith again in the fact that the coaches and everyone know, know what they're doing, but you also have to kind of wonder like, does Fletcher Cox, does he, is he happy with the fact that he's not there or does he regret it? And, and like base it on that kind of language. I think that's a totally fair question to ask. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. Maybe time will tell. I mean, he could come out tomorrow and say, I really regret it. Or he could come out tomorrow and say, have you read the Constitution? <laughs> or he could come out tomorrow in tears. I mean, I don't know. Uh, all three are equally likely, I guess. I hope, um, I hope he asks if someone's read the Constitution. And I hope everyone says yes. Yeah. Hey, you, you guys read the Constitution? Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so the, um, the, the, the uh, I thought it was interesting, too, because, I mean, there's sort of a larger battle here, right? Like, I think we've sort of seen this play out that this is kind of a proxy for like this sort of bigger labor discussion, mm-hmm. you know, I guess for, for lack of a better term, you know, this is, this is a, he is a laborer, you know, he is the laborer. No, he is um, for sure. I mean, that's, that's but, true. And, and I guess um, it's funny that people think of coaches as management, you know, I think there's sort of this interesting kind of not no those people don't quite fit in the boxes that you might think i think I, coaches I are i think coaches are labor too i think you're i think gms are management uh yeah i think i mean i really just think ownership's management because gms are playing for their jobs too so that's interesting i guess like you could oh, this is this is a garden path but i guess the last the, the thing i'd say is that gms constitute middle management where like they essentially mm. are like wow everyone just turned this off yeah oh no come back <laughs> Anyway, uh-huh. um, yeah, so anyway, so, but, you know, I think that people are sort of playing this, you know, playing this off because, I mean, it's important, right? Like, we see this all the time with, like, so take public school teachers, for example, who basically work a lot of time unpaid um, yeah. because they have to, you know, they have to grade and all this stuff and they're paid like crap and they're basically the only thing they really have is, like, the emotional manipulation of, like, if you don't do this, your kids will suffer. Don't you care about the kids, you callous piece of crap. Right. And, you know, ultimately the answer is... Of course, I care about the kids. That's why I'm a public school teacher. Uh, and that is why I will, of course, I will stay up late and grade their stupid papers about space or whatever. So the, <laughs> the, 
the um, <laughs> the creative writing essays about space <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, no, but like, like that assignment. <laughs> the, the you know the the idea being that like we we sort of see this all play out and we sort of think that like all right so here we got we got Angelo and Angelo's like why the hell ain't he here and it's my Angelo wow and um, Angelo well, ladies and gentlemen I have to assure you Angelo Cataldi is not currently on this podcast <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry everybody you may believe that was Matthew Dan. but but anyway the um. You know, Angela's like, why isn't he here? And then other people are like, uh, you know, a little thing called the Fifth Amendment, like, you know, that that sort of, that sort of thing. That um, please don't tell me what the Fifth Amendment. No, I'm just I'm uh, laughing. I'm laughing thinking about. Uh, no, I'm telling the people who the people on Twitter. Oh, please oh yeah, because I was I was laughing because I was thinking of the. Uh, it reminded me like of you going through amendments. Reminded me of that Simpsons where Homer is uh, is saying who he is, and he keeps saying he's like worse people. Like he says he's Benedict Arnold. Oh yeah, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, um, right. So, so you know, like uh, we're sort of seeing this play out, right? This idea that like Fletcher Cox should have been there is like some you know right wing strongman uh, kind of take that like uh, he said he might be there, so he should be there, and like or that he, so he said he might be there, so he must be there. I guess mm-hmm. would be the idea. And that, like, ultimately, we also sort of see the other side, which is that, like, hey, man, it's up to him to decide, like, what he does with his labor, you know, if he doesn't want to risk his body or whatever. And, like, look, these are both, well, they're not both, but these are these are the ways people, these are ways people feel. But I sort of think, and this is this is the other thing, here we are 40 minutes into this, who I kind of wanted to talk about was that, like, what, when did, I understand that sports are a good venue for activism, but how did they become the place that our politics play out? Mm. And look, this is not to keep politics out of sports kind of thing no it is but like <laughs> it, it isn't though but uh because like like okay so we see stuff like like malcolm jenkins is on capitol hill talking about police brutality you know colin kaepernick is i mean basically he he died on the cross mm-hmm. right he he sacrificed his career to you know say some things needed to be said he got a lot of attention for it he brought brought a lot of attention he continues to be publicly you know like a very active engaged good guy yeah yeah um which is great i mean it seems like it's it's interesting um because it didn't seem like he used to be that way but anyway um yeah so just like i guess something happened because he i mean he seems super serious about it too yeah, yeah, so, something definitely happened, but I, which is funny that we've never seen anybody Ask. really talk about, yeah, right. yeah, or what happened. Maybe he doesn't want to talk about it, or maybe just be like, "What? No." Yeah, anyway, the, but the idea is, um, uh, at least that that like, I guess I'm a little confused. Fletcher Cox makes a lot of money. He is he is not the front line of labor, um, and I, and I sort of think that we've seen this play out in mm-hmm. other ways too. Um, I sort of think that. Um, you know, people always talk about like um, when they, when they talk about the inequality of opportunity, they'd say that the inequality of opportunity doesn't really strike the top performers; it really strikes the like the next fifty percent. You know, mm-hmm. so maybe not the top twenty five percent. When they talk about racial inequality, you know, class inequality, all that stuff, um, that that it doesn't really strike the 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 smartest people tend to be able to overcome it. It's those like those next half. That's like the big issue. Right. Yeah. Is that like, um, you know, like uh, if you're like a, a, a pretty smart, you know, person of color, you might really or, you know, or a person from a from a poor background, you might like really struggle. Whereas like a, like a, like a pretty smart white guy, a middle class white guy won't. Yeah. And, you know, that's sort of the idea. And so and I, and I understand that that's an idea. I, I do. I have no idea why that has to play out with backup quarterbacks. Well, you know, yeah, well, that's a good point. Like with the average white QB stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, you know, there's two answers that I have and maybe you have an answer too, but I'll give you my two first. Like the, cause you sort of asked me a question. I'm just going to assume you were. Well, uh, we have to, we, we really, we have two things to talk about. Like, but the bigger question is sort of like, why does like, why does like economic and social injustice have to take place in this sort of? Uh, it's, it seems like an odd place that we have all these like high performers and the yeah. special and, and no, I mean there's it. there's like a good reason and a bad reason. I think and the good reason is that like it it allows us to do it without it allows us to do it in a way that lets us understand it. So like the the idea of like metonymy or like a part for a whole or the idea of like microcosm is is a, is another not exactly right correct word but maybe a more common word for it. Like the idea that you know. I can look at the 
the distribution of, of fair labor or whatever in football and understand like, okay, it's not quite fair that Marcus Smith is like, he could put in the same effort and he realizes this and he's reacting to it. Like he could put in the same effort as someone like Timmy Jernigan, uh, but it's not going to matter. Right. And like mm-hmm. that, that's, you can sort of see that and you can be like, Oh, that's unfair because like, he's not quite as talented as some of the other guys. So he's expendable. And you're like, well, that's kind of like, that's not right. Um, on some, on some sort of like deeper level, even though we, we watch football in order to sort of like hope that our team has the best talent in the world. Right. Um, you know, and it's funny that you bring up Marcus Smith because I also don't like, he's also well off. Yeah. Well, no, really? sure. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is well off in, in football comparatively. Right. Well, I mean, they're not, not all of them. Some of them are pulling down like a little bit of money. They get horrible injuries, stuff like well, that. Well, yeah, UDFAs but, and stuff don't get any. I guess like anyone. You know, Marcus, Marcus Smith got like $9 million guaranteed or something. Yeah. Like, he's okay. And anyone on a practice squad is actually doing just fine. Um, comparatively, yeah. like what, that's like a three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year kind of jam. Uh, no, I think it's, um, I think they get. I think it's six. Figures. No, it's it's definitely not. I think it's like one twenty. Okay, okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah, I mean one twenty because they get they get paid weekly and not for the whole year. I'm pretty sure is how it works. You know, one twenty is still like something that I, yeah, I don't good. feel too terrible for them for. But in any case, like the I guess like the the point I'd make is you can start you can think about sports in this way because it doesn't it is like the salaries are so high that at a certain level you can kind of abstract it beyond the weirdness of the world and you don't have to be like, Oh, like you don't have to put yourself in there. Basically you can kind of think about it without yourself in, in, in the picture, which allows you to kind of like think of the problem a little more clearly. Um, I think the bad way. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, yeah. I guess. I mean, so you said it helps you think about the problem a little bit more clearly, but I sort of think that maybe even rubs, okay, you get the same way it muddies the waters a little bit. Oh, you got real high there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I would agree. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. So why don't you you go for it? Yeah, tell me. Well, so, I mean, it's not really the same thing. I mean, for starters, we're talking about these are guys in the NFL, so they're already here. And and even then, we're talking about, like, like Fletcher Cox is not the labor hero you're looking for. He Mm -hmm. is not, like, some some nameless, faceless guy whose labor is being exploited. This dude is in a union. Um, He is very well compensated. He is still young, relatively healthy. I mean, he's not really – like, I don't know. I'm not trying to tear him down. I just sort How of think you. it's it, – but, but like and – and I also don't think that like, <clears throat> look, man, if he doesn't show up, we should just shoot him. Like that's not that's not right either. <laughs> but like I, I, I do think that, that it's funny to see that like, no, you can say this, but you cannot. You will not say anything about Fletcher Cox. Like, come on, he's he's just like a he's just like a football star. The the dude is and and all of these guys are. So for you to be like, oh, I'm gonna be like Fletcher Cox at my job, like, no, dude, you're gonna get fired. Yeah. Um if if they're like, oh, like we're all coming in on the weekend, like wear a shirt. You don't have to be here, but you should and you'll get paid. <laughs> and like, oh okay. I'm not going in and then they're like, hey, where are you? Like I, you know, you're gonna get fired. Right, it's exactly. right or wrong it's not it's not really the same thing at all so um yeah no, i, I understand i understand the impulse to be like oh look i'm the fletcher cox at my job everyone says so but i don't think that um i don't think that that like helps yeah i guess no, i know i see what you're saying i guess like what i would say is not so much that you would then say like oh i'm the fletcher cox at my job or like oh you know like i relate to fletcher cox in this instance more that it's like a moment where, I would like to Fletcher Cox and that I don't want to go to work when I don't have to. Right. I mean, like, it's... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's not... I guess, like, the thing is, it's not about you at that point, right? Like, that's the benefit of it, where you can say, like, none of this is about me. Like, I can look at the Eagles and be like, none of this has to do with anything about me. Like, it's not... Whatever they do on the Eagles is not about me because I can't play football like they can. Like, I am not ever going to be valuable to the Eagles in any way. Um... And so, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not it's not a big deal. And so I can look at it completely dispassionately. I can have favorites. I can have non-favorites. But I can look at it and say, like, there's a certain kind of labor system being set up here that's kind of interesting to look at. Now, you're right, I think, in saying that it's bad to sort of draw personal affiliations with that. Like, again, this goes to the average white QB thing where it's like, yeah, like, I am so committed to, um, to like, supporting... Uh, oh, I'm just trying to think of like one of their one of their favorites. Um, 
who's a Kato? Dalen Williams. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Right. Rakeem Kato. Rakeem Kato. That's who I was trying to think of. That's the that's the best one. Uh, Yeah. But like, I'm so interested in Rakeem Kato because like, not only do I not only do I have some sort of political claim about him, which is fine, but also I have a uh, a personal stake in it. Like, I've decided that like I like him or I think he's a, a an admirable person who deserves another shot. And it's like, look, man, like that's not that's not going to help anyone. <laughs> like that's not where it's going to that's not where any sort of valuable insight is going to come from. The valuable insight is going to come from the fact when you're looking at it and you're saying like, oh, there's a system here. That's interesting. And then you think like maybe there's more systems in the world. That's maybe positive. Looking at it and saying yeah. like this particular player is who I like or dislike. Then it's just nonsense. Well, so two things about it. One the when you see this stuff they're never actually advocating for these guys to be um yeah they're advocating there to be backups yeah right exactly like i've seen this tory smith is actually talking about this and look i think tory smith is a very bright guy seems thoughtful i like him a lot um but and and I, he's even right like let me just say please please do not tell me that he's wrong or that sorry that he's right. I understand he's right that Colin Kaepernick is one of the ninety-six best quarterbacks in the country. Yes, that is absolutely true. Um, yes, totally true, and he should have a job. Um, I don't know that this is like the pressing social issue of our time, but even <laughs> okay, Kaepernick's maybe not the, not a good example, but like you know, just like if you go back to Raheem Cater, you go back to Vernon Adams, and all these guys are like, oh well, look, if they can't start, they can at least be backups. Like, dude, what are you talking about? Like. I don't know. I'm even struggling to come up with like another thing that like you're you're basically saying that like instead of this guy having the 50th quarterback job, this other guy should have the 50th quarterback job. And like I don't think that's the social cause that you think it is. Right. It's 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 a kind of like it's the bad way of thinking about something as a as a um, replication of society, like where you can right. say like you know you can kind of point to it and say like listen, I believe that Rakeem Cato should be the backup quarterback over Nick Foles. And I believe that because of like meritocracy um, in, in like should be, should be the like established norm of, of football. Um, and I believe this is a political project. Like you're not, you may be thinking that you're saying something about like the world or like what the world should be like. Really what you're doing is you're just like making some tiny little acknowledgement of something that actually has very little reference or relevance to the entire world as a whole. Like Rakeem Cato doesn't count as, you know, apologies to Rakeem Cato, I'm sure is a nice enough guy, but like he doesn't count as the figurehead for like racial injustice. Like that's just, that's just like centering your opinions about football way too much. Plus it's not, it's not very good. It's not a very good hill to die on. It makes you look strange, you know, it, it, you sort of are like, oh man, Rakeem Cato, he was going to be it. And the next thing you hear, oh, the Montreal Alouettes have waived Rakeem Cato. <laughs> and, you know, you're just like, oh man, I can't believe that out of the 32 NFL teams, the 12 CFL teams, that none of them wanted him. And, like, you know, I, they are all wrong. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. That's okay. I can't believe Good. the Montreal Alouettes are also racist. Yeah, like, uh, and that's why they kept um, Ja'Cory Harris and. Um, I don't know, whatever. One of the other. Who else is up there? Yeah, was it? I forget. I forget. I I remember because I was just because I think the Alouettes did just cut Vernon Adams. Oh, did they? And I think they. Yeah, I think they kept Corey Harris and another black guy. Hmm. I don't remember. Who I was. mean, and you know, it's like it's one of those things where it's hard. It's hard to even talk about this stuff sometimes with with uh, with folks online because yes, uh, there is racism in the NFL. Like, of course there is. Yeah, and there's this there's this strange presumption that guys are dumb. Um, the flip side of that is, of course, that many of these guys are dumb, right? Um, and that many of these guys, you know, they they come in and they they don't really seem like they know what the hell they're doing. Um, and I always think that that's like the biggest one is that like you get these guys and you put them up there and you're just like, all right, so explain this to me. Like, well, all right, I look to the sideline and the coach is holding up a picture for Gator, which means you throw to the left. And like that's fine. That's how you did it. And you won a lot of football games that way. But like the coaches are going to be like, hmm. You know that's not that's not convincing me. You learned a playbook, right? Yeah. So why why do you think it was going left? Uh, was it zone? It was not zone. Okay. So it was man. It was man. Yeah. Okay. So the safety was yeah. Uh, low. Safety was not low. You know, like you just get in these guys. You're just like a guy doesn't know. I mean, that's fine. He doesn't know. He, he could probably learn. There's dozens but... and dozens of white quarterbacks who are like the same exact way. Who just like are yeah. are boring and terrible and like you know I don't want Iowa's quarterback. 
Like it's, yeah. it has nothing to do with the fact that he's white. I think who went in the third round. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot it. You know, and it's funny. It's funny. I think we talked about this before, but you talked about the system, like how all this stuff gets there. Yeah. Right. And like, and like, how did these? And again, like the system is set up so that the top guys rise to the top. That's, I mean, that is sort of understood. That the meritocracy is like kind of real. It's not like a. It's not like a total ordering, but like smart people end up in good places generally uh which is to say that not all good places are occupied by smart people but most smart people are in good places Mm -hmm. anyway or you know whatever talented people whatever it's like those it's that next level you know the people who who could be doing more than they are and like that's the problem and you know there's a lot more of those people and uh people always talk about this like um okay it's like a good example is cam chancellor uh if you go and you look back at the rivals page for you know, whatever year it was that he came out, I remember I was okay, and I think it was, it might have been like 07 or 08 or something like that. If you go back and look through that, you can see um, like the number one recruit in the country is like Mark Sanchez or something. But like um, uh, Cam Chancellor was like the number seven quarterback yeah, that year. Yeah, right. Um, Marcus Smith is a quarterback. I mean, they, like, they're, uh, especially the defensive side of the ball is like littered with former quarterbacks. Because a lot of these guys get in here. If you have like plus athleticism, you got some plus size, and you've got like a good head on your shoulders, they probably are going to move you to defense. Because they got this other guy over here. He can't do anything but play quarterback, and he probably throws the ball. He might even throw the ball better than you. Right. So that's it. I mean, that's that's sort of how those stuff shakes out. I mean, you want to talk about this? You could take that up with the college coaches. You could take that up with the high school coaches who you know, uh, talk about this, but like, that's sort of how a strange system in place funnels people to bad places. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not, nobody's evil. Right. Um, I mean, the, 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 the absolute problem here and like, it's, it's tough. Cause like no one wants, I mean, certainly I don't want anyone to perceive this as me saying like, there's no racial, like, you know, please, please be colorblind when it comes to your critiques of, of uh, college athletes. Cause certainly you shouldn't be, but like, you know, the problem is assigning any sort of racial animus and like racial responsibility to one particular person. Like, oh, now, you know, the Browns organization is good on race and the Eagles organization is bad on race because the Browns took Deshaun Kaiser and the Eagles took Carson Wentz. And then we're going to say like, oh, you know, like once uh, Brock Osweiler starting instead of Kaiser, now the Browns are bad again on race. Like it's, it's just, it's such a bad way of thinking about it. And like, more so than being wrong, which is fine. I mean, I'm wrong all the time about football. Um, it it does a disservice to the actual problem, which is like complicated and messy and like not related to whether or not you thought Greg Ward Jr. should be should have come out as a quarterback. Oh God, <laughs> what what is wrong with these people? Okay, I don't anyway, know. just I just keep thinking about it. like, come on, man. Stop. <laughs> Just um, give it a rest. <laughs> and I mean, we could we could circle back to like, look again. You've never spoken to these people, and even if you have spoken to these people, you didn't put them up on the board. You haven't seen what they can do. You haven't like talked to them. You haven't gotten the sense of whether or not you feel like they know what the hell they're doing. That's so important. I can't overstate that. And you don't get that at all from watching tape. No. And most of what I see is people hand waving it or even sort of side eyeing you. If you say, like, look, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Oh, you know, there's that, like, oh, nobody does. Like, no. So people do. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it doesn't um, have to be a dog whistle. I mean, I think, like, anyone would say that right. Newton knew yeah. what he was doing. Right? Like, when he came out of college, people, no one was like, yeah, I hope no one, I, like, hope no one takes this. Well, actually, there were some people. But, like, most people were not saying, hope no one takes this guy in the top ten because he's going to be trash. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good quarterback. I think <laughs> Yeah, and the Auburn offense is not exactly like a pass-heavy one, right. but he apparently, you know, he went and he spoke to people, and people were like, "Why'd you do this?" And he had an answer. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, I mean, that's important. So, um, yeah. So I guess I thought it was sort of, it's, it's sort of interesting. You know, these guys, um, the players themselves, they use their platform um, in whatever way they and see that's fit. Good. And yeah, and I, I think that's really good. I think that it's important that we have activism in sports. It makes the whole thing feel less hollow. Um, it's nice. I just sort of. It's nice. Uh, sorry. It's nice to know, like, on a on a personal level, that there's someone like Malcolm Jenkins out there who like reflects on many levels, like his sort of discussion of the Philly DA, for instance, like reflects on many levels, like my politics. When I just assume that everyone in sports is the direct opposite of my politics, it's nice to know. That yeah. it, it makes me feel good as a fan. Yeah, especially the white ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. Really, really, when you talk about these, uh, I mean, they're terrible politics. Yeah, most of them. 
most I had a friend who worked for the team in 08, and he told me that there were only two guys who were um, McCain people, and one was Stuart Bradley. Oh, <laughs> of course. I think the other one might have been Trent Cole, but anyway. That's weird. Um, you know, he's a big gun guy. Yeah, no, I know. I guess I guess I can see it, but it's just kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like, but even more than that, like, um, <laughs> I mean, there was that there was that Freeman article that said that like all the white players like Trump. But Ugh. The um, even even more than that, like, but like, at the same time, like, okay, Malcolm Jenkins is out there and he's like doing some good, and you know he's he's putting the fist up and you know he's he's, he's doing he's doing all the right stuff, but like, I just don't undersee, I just don't, I just don't think that like, okay, backup quarterbacks are not the next racial battleground, and uh, you know, defensive standout superstars who are one of the you know twenty highest paid players in the league. They are not the next sort of labor uh, tipping point. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is not the this is not the right this is not the right thing to be doing. If you want to talk about this, I mean, we could talk about the guys with short careers. You could talk about some of the stuff Emmanuel Acho has been talking about, where he said like, you know, you get you get hurt, you get an injury settlement, you get like a third of the salary. He, he said like he saw people like trying to hurt themselves. Mm. Right, because you get like, um, you know, if you get a, you get like an injury settlement, you get like a third of the salary you were going to get for the year, which is like, when you, you know, know one hundred eighty grand. Yeah, one hundred eighty grand. Whereas, like, if you know you get cut, you get no grand. So that's like the sort of thing that, like, I mean, we could talk about that. Like, that to me is like a much more screwed up thing than whether or not Angelo is mad at Fletcher Cox. Right. Yeah. And by the way, Angelo is not even mad at Fletcher Cox. Right, it's Angelo a bit. doesn't care. It's a bit. Yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course, it's a bit. No, and I, you know, I guess like what I'd say is. All the things you're saying, I agree with because the the point of having sports as a as an avenue to talk about politics is that it gets you on to an interesting conversation. It's not your, it can't be your destination, right? Because ultimately, sports are a weird fantasia of like lots of money and like nationalism and regionalism and just like unrestrained id. Like it's just it, sports are weird. Like sports just like bring out weird feelings in all of us and i think like we all enjoy them but like to imagine them as the end of your political thinking is dangerous now to imagine them as an avenue makes sense like if you're like okay i'm interested in what uh malcolm jenkins is saying or more forcefully i'm interested in what uh acho is saying in terms of like thinking about how this system plays out its most vulnerable players and what that says about the nfl and what that says about society that can be beneficial but like if you're just stopping and saying like the nfl is a racist institution and it's only the nfl and my job is to reform the nfl then i mean that's just like missing the forest for the trees in in just the biggest way possible yeah i'm not really sure that um i'm not really sure what you know what your run-of-the-mill labor guy would have to say about fletcher cox turning down like a thousand dollars to go work out for a week um, i think probably i mean if you want me to ventriloquize your average labor guy uh, which I can do fairly easily. It would be, yeah, that's that's cool. He can do that, and it's it's his right either way. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's that, but that's not exactly Mister Approachable. That's not exactly like here's our poster boy. Yeah, right. Check it out. Yeah. So no, um, and I can't I can't imagine he would be like any any reasonable labor activist would go talk to someone like I don't know like uh, Cornelius Ingram or something like that who like was just constantly hurt and now lives probably kind of a difficult life with all that ACL surgery he had to have. Yeah. Yeah. That won't really be covered. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, I mean, they cover the surgery, but they don't like 20 years from now need to have it again or whatever. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I guess it's different. It's, this is fundamentally different from like Jackie Robinson. Like we're not talking about like sports being a proxy for something or even like an actual barrier in sports being broken. Mm-hmm. There's like, this there's is like very quo. little of, there's very little of that there. All we're doing is sort of tuning the parameters, sort of messing around in the in the margins here. And I, I don't really think that's like, I don't know. It's just like if you want to talk about if you want to talk about race in sports, I think you should address like high school football coaches mm-hmm. and college coaches. Yeah. Why they funnel, why they funnel all the promising black athletes to the defensive side of the ball? And I think that if you want to talk about labor, we should definitely be talking more about what Emmanuel Acho does than whether or not Fletcher Cox thinks it's worth his time to come exercise. Yeah. Talk about talk about the lack of black coaches. Talk about the lack of uh, female front office execs. I mean, there's there's all sorts of things you can talk about in football that reflect a sort of like white patriarchal problem that like i think you know average white qbs does does a disservice to by saying like yeah there are 15 like 
you know, there's like 25 terrible white QBs. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, you don't even mean that. You could make a forceful point without saying that. Or you could actually just take the other way around and say, like, it should all be black QBs. And I, I, will, I will die on that cross. That's at least like a forceful claim. Like, yeah, here's a gif of Tommy Armstrong doing something right. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. The, the claim that, like, most of these guys are bad and it's because of racism is, like, that's just, it's toothless and it just makes you feel good. If you want to, yeah. like, actually talk about the problem, it's not going to make you feel good. It's just going to make you feel bad until, like, and that's why you try and change it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, you got anything else? Um... Uh, no, I think we're good. That was that was a that was a much deeper and a more intense conversation than I was expecting, but that was good. Yeah, I liked it. Felt good. Felt good. Yeah, I feel like I've worked out a lot of things. I'm looking forward to getting blocked by most of draft Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, you know that's happened already. Oh man, who's even coming out this year that they're going to fall in love with? I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, um, is is Lamar Jackson? Yeah, is Lamar Jackson coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't get drafted as a, he will get drafted as a QB, I'm sure. But if he well, doesn't, sure. I mean, oh, but he's Mister. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's cool, but like, I mean, he's he's, he's an incredible athlete. He's like a Bo Jackson yeah. out there, but yeah, <laughs> he's really fun. But he is definitely go to the board. Why'd you do this? Oh man, I knew that guy. I knew I was faster than him, so I just yeah, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> it would be cool. I I I have to admit, like, even after all this, it would be really cool to. Uh, to see like the one dude who was athletic enough to make that work in the NFL where like he was just so heads and shoulders above everyone that he was like, yeah, like I was faster than him. So I went for it and he just could do it. Well, that was Mike. That was Mike Mike Vick, Vick, man. Yeah, that was Mike. That was Mike. Yeah. Yeah. It would be cool to have another Mike Vick. Um, okay. Yeah. So we'll stop it there. Just remember, go to stamps.com. Use promo code phones. Uh, it apparently works. Yeah. We don't get any money for it, Mm. but just enjoy. Well, you know, your, your small business will thank you. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so for Matt Daring, that's me, and Trevor. That's me. Say say bye, Trevor. Bye, Trevor. (laughs) 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 Thanks, guys. Bye.